From meeting in New York City while pursuing our creative dreams, to working in Hollywood together, to now navigating the adventures of married life and young motherhood. Come along with us as we journey and ask the big questions about identity, faith, and the pursuit of joy. And the small ones, like what are you watching on Netflix? And what do you have for dinner? This is Unraveling the Call podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. Join us as we attempt to unravel the call that God has already written on our hearts as we learn to just say yes. You know in mass when you like you go with a newborn and you're, and you're sitting in the back and it's like your first baby and all you can think about is they might grunt and or blow themselves, blow themselves out. out and you're just stuck and you just get beat red and hope no one notices. Franny, what do you have to tell everybody? You're on the air for the first time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am so excited for today's episode because we are actually going to dive in to Mackenzie's birth story with Franny, our other our other guest. Our other guest. Here she is, folks. Franny, feel free to jump in if you have something to share about your side of the story. <laughs> something to let go of. We're all here for it. No, but we thought it would be really cool. I'm really excited that Mackenzie agreed to share um, because I know that it can be um, something that's really you know vulnerable to share and and it's at such an intimate time. But I think with this with this kind of surgeons of women starting to like share their stories of birth and you know struggles and triumphs. I think it's a universal message of trusting in you know yourself mm-hmm. and in God. Totally. Um, and so I think there's a lot that you could share with our listeners about learning to trust. Yay, that's awesome. Um, yeah, Franny is five weeks old, Frances Judy Watkins, and we named her after um, St. Francis of Assis, just because I, I love that place, and I love that saint, and um, Judy for my great-grandmother. It's my mom's mom, and she died when I was nine months old of cancer, and I'm the oldest of her grandkids, so I, I was blessed to meet her, but... Aww. Yes, so here she is with us, um, and this is, I don't even know if I told you I this. love that she's named after a male saint, I just want to say, I think that's really cool, oh, and yeah. that's I awesome. I tell you about that, though. My mom made me change the um, spelling of her name. Stop. One time, I'm like, she doesn't ask a lot, that's what Colin said, he said, you know, your mom never inputs That's true. Things. We went with it, it's Francis with an E, but yeah, that's who she's named love after. Love it. Yeah. And you guys went to a CC, right? We did for our um, honeymoon. We went and actually my mom told us to go. And we were like, okay, we'll go one night on our way through Rome and to try the wine and um, Chianti. Yeah, everyone thinks Rome, but no one thinks, well, I think some people think Assisi, but like until you came back saying it was so amazing, I would have never thought like, oh. You never put it first. Yeah. Yeah. We put the wine country and even though you're young and know nothing about wine, think you should go there. I was 23. Um, But Assisi was awesome. We ended up. Uh, staying for three days so we loved it so much so I wish we could just live there because it's one of those places um and Bridge will love this I didn't even tell you this um in our uh in my birth I had two midwives even though you're only supposed to get one and they call each other the Hebrew midwives what because well you'll love it because one's a Jew and one is Christian and apparently it's a book in the bible sorry I have yet to read it but there are two um Midwives, and they call each other the Hebrew midwives, and one's Christian and one's a Jew. Wow. Yes, we need to read that. But anyway. Define where that is. Need to find it. So I had Dorothy, my Jewish midwife, and then uh, Martha, my Christian midwife. That's amazing. it was a good experience. Wow. Yeah. I think the coolest thing about, one of the coolest things about Francis's birth was that you chose to have it at a birth center and unmedicated. And that, for me, is something that I can't 
at this point like wrap my head around I think I could maybe get there Mm -hmm. but right now the thought of that brings like a lot of fear to me personally and so could you just talk about like were you ever at a place where like that scenario brought fear and how did you get over that fear and just kind of what was your journey in making that decision oh that's a good question because yeah I mean it's terrifying and I, I think a lot of things in life I have fear with that's what it comes from. My career, my um, the seasons that are coming, age, um, making the right choice, mm-hmm. all of it um, can come from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. And I think um, when I first was looking into going without medication, I actually was with Therese, and I didn't prepare at all. And I just showed up for the day and thought, oh, well, I'll just wing it, whatever. And... Um, I, it didn't work. I, I went natural till six centimeters and then um, got an epidural with, with tea because of fear. And while I think it goes back to trust, um, trusting in God and preparation, ask him for help and ask him to get you there because you can't do it alone. Totally. We all think we're in control. Yeah. Um, all the time I like make my own choice, even though I know it's probably not the right one, but I think I can handle it. I can be in control. And the fact is, I can't. What I did um, learn by researching um, unmedicated birth was that your body will just go through it on its own. It can do it all by itself. You don't have to do anything but give over. And I watched a few birthing videos and I heard some testimonies about um, unmedicated birth. And the one girl I watched, she didn't make a peep. She was so given over to the moment, she just told them when she was ready to push. Wow. And I'm like, what? Okay. How, How is, is that, that even real? possible? I know. What is that life? But she did it. And wow. so I got into this hypnosis training. Um, it's called Blissborn. And one thing that they made us do was write down our greatest fear in the birth. And to be honest with you, mine was um, my baby dying in birth because, I mean, childbirth is a scary thing. Right. You never know. What's going to happen? It's a huge miracle. Well, and there's this fear that, like, you know that it's all on you in a lot of ways. Yes. And so, like, um, like I want to keep hearing about your story, but I might share after just how I had that fear when I tried to be back with Grace. Yes. That I, since I had never experienced the phenomena of, like, actually, like, having a baby right. that way, I thought in my mind, like, what if I can't do it at the end? Like, right. what if, then what if... She's right there, and then there's something that I don't do oh. that gets her out. So, yeah, Isn't that's that a real fear. And it's a huge fear. That I don't do, though. Like, I love that you said that because yeah. just like we all think in life, it's up to me. And yeah. it's not up to you. Yeah. It's up to God. It's up to giving over to Him and letting go of control. And I can be controlling, and I can be, um, I can live in fear, and I can try and take matters into my own hands and I know that about myself mm-hmm. and I also know that I have a hard time fully trusting in the plan which is not my plan it's his plan and so ultimately the decision to try to go unmedicated was to learn how to trust in God more. Wow. not maybe not fully I have a long way to go but I was like maybe if I could just let go of this terrifying terrifying thing the unknown of like it will help me see like a glimpse of that like full trust. Yes, and that wow. full mercy. And I tried to think of images during my birth um, 
when it got really ugly. Because <laughs> it does get ugly. I can imagine. Because it does for every birth. Totally. With or without oh, yeah. medication, with an epidural that works, with one that doesn't, exactly. with Pitocin, with all that. It's all horrible. But I tried to think of um, something, like images that would get me there. And it, I just tried to think of peace and my favorite places on earth. And um, wow. I tried to breathe. Hypnosis went out the window, to be honest with you, especially at the scary parts. But um, one thing that remained was I just thought of, not to be cheesy, but honestly, Mary, the best mom. And she gave birth basically with nothing and after riding on a donkey forever. Exactly. And like absolutely nothing. And didn't complain once. None of the, um, I guess we, we're just given so much support. And, you know, so much luxury in this country when Ugh. it comes to childbirth. Yeah. That we have doulas and midwives and oh, a team all the of ten people. A bath. And she was, like, on hay. Yes. Like, right. Like, crazy. And didn't make a peep. And she never complained once in her life on her journey with Jesus. Yeah. And even today in today's reading, it's so weird that we're talking about it today. Um, I think there was a quote about how Mary was the only person in this, in our time... <laughs> that got to see everything happen before it happened. She knew she was going to see her son die wow. on the cross. None of us get to see the scary things that are to come yeah. in our lives. And it's a gift from God. It's his mercy. He doesn't want us to see what's, what's to come. That's true. If we knew someone was going to die close to us in a month, in a year, we would, we would be fearful. We would right. have anxiety. Right. And that reminds me of the next thing. Um, anxiety when you're thinking about birth it's all the fear leading up to it once you're in it it's fine yeah. you're already doing it you're doing it you're exactly. just in it yeah but the stuff beforehand is the stuff that's scary yeah like oh my gosh mm -hmm. a contraction's coming oh my gosh today might be the day but yeah. once you're there it's you're like, there it's go time yeah and you know that you've told me that bridge from pushing mm -hmm. I remember you saying that because it was your view back with grace you said once I was at the pushing I was like didn't you say they told you you have to go and yeah. you just did it? Well, I remember there was a, the doctor, like I, so I delivered at GW, which is a very like pro VBAC hospital. But even then I met with a doctor like a week before I delivered Grace and he was the only doctor to be negative to me about my <sighs> idea to be back because Colby and Grace are really close together. They're basically Irish twins. He was like, this is so dangerous, blah, blah, blah. He was the only negative voice that I heard the whole time, and it was a week before I delivered. Ugh. So who is on duty the night that I go into labor? This this gentleman. Oh, my God. So he comes in to the room, and he already did not support me um, trying to be back. And he basically um, really wanted me to go to C-section the whole time. So I pulled the nurse aside and I was just like, I need somebody else because this man doesn't believe in me and I just can't have him in the room. Smart. And so uh, he got, so I had a doula and then he brought in actually a student who was basically about to be an OBGYN, wasn't an OBGYN, uh. but she was like, listen, you can have me if you want. And I was just like, well, do you support me? And she was uh. like, totally, 100%. So he, he didn't come in until the last second, but of course he comes in right at the like pushing part where Ugh. it was like, my epidural didn't work. It was excruciating. And I saw his face and I was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you that this baby is coming out the way I wanted her to. And so I just basically stared at him and pushed. 
first and talk to that first because like honestly that is triumphant to the devil because oh my gosh anything in your life if you set your mind to it you will accomplish it I don't care what it is exactly you will do it because God gives you the gifts to do so well that's why I really wanted this episode to be like a fresh perspective on your experience because it's only been a month and I just remember a month after Grace feeling this like euphoria and this mm-hmm. high of like I conquered a fear. I mean, honestly, I think that was my greatest accomplishment. Like, no joke thus yeah. far. Like one of my greatest. Like, yeah, of course, it because was. it's like conquering fear, and so like it's so much more than not to sound belittling to this, but bringing a child to the world. Totally it's about you. Totally, and like just having her on me and realizing like, hey, like a lot of people told me that I should just do a C-section again, but I knew because of many complications that happened with Colby that I did not want my story to be that way. And Mm -hmm. so I figured it was the same for you, like being Mm -hmm. able to conquer this Mm -hmm. fear of, you know, an unmedicated birth in a birth center. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have the options that the hospital provides you. And so you really go into the experience thinking, I'm, this is me, this Mm -hmm. is up to me and God. And, And we have a few hands in the room, but that's about it. Right. And I love that you just said that in charge of, you're in charge of your story. Like you talked to one story, one story was Colby's and then you did not want that narrative with Grace. And exactly. so you changed that for yourself. And I think that's huge. And, um, that reminds me of the end of my, well, the whole thing was awesome. It was, it was short compared to many births. Uh, many natural labors go more than like 20 hours. My last one with T was 18. Yeah, how long was it with Francis? With Francis, my birth was only three hours from the moment my water broke. Wow. But because I had prepared myself um, and knew the pain since it was my second, um, I had been in labor like Ubridge for a couple days because I was already at three centimeters dilated that morning. I woke up that morning and I said, I know today's the day. I just had a feeling. Same thing happened with T. I don't know why, but it must be a nesting thing for all of us. Mm-hmm. But it happened. Um, the whole experience was quick. And something that I try not to get irritated with is when people say, oh, it's quick. So it was easy. Yeah. And it was easier than T's. And I laugh and I say, you're like, you know, <laughs> actually, no, it wasn't. It was harder than Trez because I was in transition the whole time. Right. Which is getting from six to 10 centimeters. So that was really, it was very painful and it was very hard. And I remember moments of questioning myself and, and trying really hard to dig deep and staring, staring so deeply into the eyes of my favorite midwife, Dorothy, begging for her to save me. I remember feeling that at one point, squeezing Colin's hand and no one can get through it. But you and God, yeah, it's true. Yeah, and that poor baby that's yeah, in your tummy, exactly. wondering what's going on. So I loved the the best part about um, a birth center is you get to walk around. So I used the shower, I used the bath, I used the bed. I was on all fours. I did everything, and I just asked for help. Um, but was there any time like leading up to the birth that you had like serious doubt? Because I think like a lot of people in life, whether it's like having a baby or a creative pursuit or you know trying to Mm -hmm. conquer something that they haven't been able to conquer yeah and like doubt comes in like did that ever happen to you on the journey where like you were so set some days but then was there like times that yeah definitely I think um the months leading up to it um were definitely there were moments of doubt where I was doing the hypnosis and I questioned myself and I was like is this even working am I doing enough that is my biggest question with myself in doubt. There have been many times in my life where I'm either studying for 
a personal training test, like to become a personal trainer, or I'm going through acting school, or um, I am pursuing my husband. And I remember feeling, am I going to ruin this? Am I not doing enough? And for each of those times, mm. I, I, I remember having that question with Colin. It was, I need to go to a mass every day and pray that I'm not the one that ruins this journey to get married to him. And then I remember with personal training, I had a newborn. I was like, am I studying enough? I hope I, I'm doing enough. And then with um, preparing for birth, because it's all conquering another fear like we talked about. I, I didn't know if I did enough homework because guess what? I didn't finish all the homework assignments. Duh. Right. Who has time? Winging it. Winging it. winging it. Totally. And so, yeah, that doubt was there. But one thing that I have to know about myself, and I think we could all know about ourselves, if we really like look in and dig deep, is if you really want it, you will do it. Yeah. So I knew yeah. for a fact that that last month I was going to do it because I am so stubborn and because I have to do something that I really want. Now, hey, strong will is not a bad thing. Not in these situations. So, but I will say that is can be scary for something you have want to do. So, yeah, let's say you have totally. like a goal in your life or you think you want to do something. Totally. But if I don't totally bring it to prayer and ask God, God, is this really what you want for my life? Like my career. I'm supposed to be acting. I'm supposed to be performing. I'm supposed to be doing all these things. And I'm not doing them right now. If I don't take that to prayer and really ask, that can fall short mm -hmm. because it has to be the true desire. If you don't have the desire, it it's has not to be a hundred percent. Totally. Yeah. So I think the doubt's always there, but I think if you really want something in life, of course you're going to go get for it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think like praying on things to a point where like the answer is revealed to you in the confidence that you get, like you probably prayed through the process, um, you know, because you have a strong prayer life saying like, God, I want to, you know, deliver naturally, but will you help me. Yeah. Will you help me? And if there's anything along the way that would, you know, make me feel like I truly cannot, then you would show me that. But that never happened really. Like I think Ooh, there's a I difference between like little doubt yes. and like God trying to steer you so a different you way. Do you have an example of a time where you feel like you wanted something and then God was like, no, you don't want this. You want this instead. I think yeah. it's hard to, f I think it's Definitely. hard to find, but I know I do. No, for sure. I think that, um, an example of that where it's like not doubt, it's actually God yeah. would be, um, oh gosh. Well, I guess really my career, like right now, like I don't work in film, but I studied film and right. I, my whole life since I was 13, I wanted to work in film, right. but I have two kids. So, you know, that's not something would I love in my creative dreams to like write and produce and, yeah. um, you know, put out a short film for a film festival right now. That sounds amazing to me. That sounds like dream life to me, right. but I can't do that. And I know I can't do that right now, right now. And right. so I think that that that's the difference. Like that isn't a doubt. That's more of just like God has like pretty much painted that as like not visible right now. I totally. Get and it. I've had to just be at peace with okay, that. Okay, God. Exactly. <laughs> Your will be done. And I think like doubt though is such a different beast because it like is. you know it's from the devil and it feels like a battle. Like yes. when I was trying to be back, I remember and I don't know if you had moments like this mm -hmm. before Francis, like mm -hmm. I would be like in the bath, like I didn't do hypnosis, but I would just be like having a quiet moment, like mm -hmm in the bath or I would be like praying or something and mm -hmm. I would think to myself 
am I going to be able to do it on the day? Like, am wow. I going to, or yes, am I the day? Right. Because with Colby, the pain got so bad. He was a huge baby. And I don't know. I just, they, my staff that was with me during that birth told, kept telling me to go to, go to C-section literally 10 minutes into my pushing. Oh my like they, they really did not support getting him out. Ever, yeah. So that was really hard because, like, talk about doubt. There's all these professionals around you telling you, like, you need to go to C-section. Mm-hmm. You need to go to C-section. He's going to get stuck. All this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so with her, I just kept thinking, what if I get to a point mm-hmm. where the same thing happens? Mm-hmm. And to me, like, I clearly knew that that was the devil, putting that picture inside my head. Yeah. Like, that was doubt, and I could tell, like, this is a spiritual battle. Like, you are trying to come into a plan that I have, and I know that God wants me to try to be oh. back. And so I don't know if like that's how it was for you, where it was yes. very distinct, like I know right. this is what I'm meant to do. Totally. Um, that's so funny you said you knew the moment. Because before, when you go into um, a birth center and you're far along in the process, they ask you a question if you're a second-time mom. And they say, at what point are you going to ask me for medicine? And at what point are you going to not be able to take the pain? What point was that for you at your last birth? And I, well, I told them it was six centimeters. And right. for you it was, right. I mean, the, probably the time when they put I down your mind. I think I was like, my water popped with Colby. And I was like, I had to have been like six or seven by the time I got there. Yeah. So they so were then, literally like, you're going to have to get it now if you want it. And I wanted it. Oh my gosh. Of course. I wanted it so bad. And also it's your first, so you know nothing else. Right. right. So she asked me that. And I said, well, I'm a little nervous because I was on the fence when they asked at six if I wanted it or not. And I was throwing up a tea and Colin was like, come on, just get it. And so I did. And she said, well, what are you going to do this time? And I didn't know the answer at that point. But she said, you just have to get to that point again. So when I was in Mm. my labor and I'm at three, right when I walk in and things are fine. And then I'm starting to feel stuff. And then it's really getting uncomfortable. And you can tell because they kind of leave you alone. It's really beautiful at the birth center until they hear you because they can hear you moaning and they can hear your pain. And they walked in and they normally don't check you like they do so much at the hospital. But she asked me, she said, Mackenzie, do you want me to check you? And I said, uh, I don't know. Like, should I, should I not? Should I just wait till I know the time is to come? And she said, let me just check you. They checked me and I was at six centimeters in so much pain. Wow. So there was a mind game I played with myself, and I I knew that was the time I asked for an epidural last time. Wow. And I knew that was the time I was at now. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, if this is how it's going to be for 15 more hours, am I going to die? Like, yes. what's going to happen? It, it does feel that it way. It feels that way, doesn't it? I will not survive this. Will I survive this? And will what I come in out? that moment, what, did you, what was your... Um, what was your tactic to fight that um, thought in your mind in that moment? I think it's just how everyone says it. You just have to keep moving forward. And I said, I need to push you guys. And they said, if you need to push, you need to push. Wow. And I started pushing. And all my favorite people walked in from this place. I grabbed um, one of their hands and almost bit her finger off. And <laughs> Colin was holding my other hand. And then I literally thought you were ready to like, we start singing, singing songs. Every, everything was peaceful. <laughs> no, I almost bit her head off. No, just kidding. She was great. But D- Dorothy oh. looks at me and she's like, Colin, do you want to come see the head? And I 
this is when I snapped. I was like, no, you, <laughs> you stay right here. I don't blame you. I was the same because way. Because there's something about, maybe you remember this, No, I'm bridge. the same way. I was the same You're way. like, if I move one inch, Do not even this is going to ruin yes. everything yeah. that I'm trying yeah. to do. Nobody move. No one move. <laughs> I'm in this and I need to do it now. So Colin said, okay, I'll stay. That's so hilarious. He stayed and then I slowly but surely pushed her out. Remember guys. Was tea. it how many pushes? Gosh, probably four. Oh my Teas god. These were three hours. I pushed Therese out. It took me three hours to push her out. It took yeah. me three hours to go through delivery with her. Oh my god. So with tea, she had a huge head. And so I, um, but I was on an epidural, you guys. So it automatically, it slows down pushing. You can't, you, it just is different. So right. this time I felt everything. It was the ring of fire that everybody said. Yeah. And that's when I lost it. Yeah. So I always wondered, can I stay calm in this whole natural delivery? Right. Can I do it? No. Yeah. I, I did my best. And then the pushing is when you, crazy screamer came out. Oh yeah. Crazy screamer Duh. comes out. I mean, she has to, but God was still there. Dorothy wow. was still there. But I think the best part of the whole story that I'll say that speaks to trust and faith and um, just confidence and empowerment is at the end, everybody left. It was just me in the room. Colin went to get us food. And Dorothy, my midwife, came into the room. And she said, Mackenzie, how are you? And I was like, great. I just had a, what do you mean? I just had a baby. (laughs) I'm great. I mean, I could walk right away. I was great. You looked like you had just gone to Target when I brought. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> when I brought Therese back, I was like, "Wait, what? Wait, you had a baby?" I literally thought you would look like you just were from like battle. That's, that's <laughs> you're so like, jealous. "Hey, come on in." No, it, that's the epidural. It makes you groggy. I swear, yeah, I was different. That's true. But um, and not hungover this time. You really feel hungover. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's crazy. So I was sitting there and she comes in and she asked me how I am. And I actually had to ask myself, yeah, how am I? I don't know. That was, she was, she said that was so intense in such a short amount of time. It's okay to feel so many feelings right now. Yeah. And I said, I don't even know what to feel. It all happened so fast. Yeah. I guess I, I just, I hope I'm was okay you guys I, I seriously said that to her I said I hope I didn't say anything crazy oh, I was the same way with my nurses I was like I just want to I, I remember seeing one of the nurses you that was nurse. so amazing to us yes at the, the beer are. garden after like two weeks after Colby was born and um my epidural didn't work with him either so I'm just an unlucky person so maybe this is on the horizon for yeah. me anyway or naturally yeah who knows? But um, we see her, and I had been screaming my head off, and she's like the nicest girl in the entire world. And she's like, hey, guys. And I felt like I still needed to apologize when I saw oh, her two weeks funny? later. Even though she didn't even remember She's like, it. what are you talking about? Like, I don't she even know what you're talking know. about. I know. It's like a priest in like, confession. I think I was screaming. Exactly. It's like, I just feel like I was cursing. Who knows what I said? I'm I know. sorry. Well, and she was just like laughing at me like, stop they're so generous because it's their job and so when Dorothy asked me I did know everything I said because I wasn't on any like nothing it was so quick I mean I was still coherent right that I I knew I said save me at one point and this was my favorite phrase I think I told you Ridge I said it was right at pushing I said do whatever you need to do just (laughs) cut her out or cut not her because I didn't know what it was cut it out and cut it out. And you guys, what I meant by that was give me an episiotomy. I don't care. But it's like in those moments. You will do anything. You don't. Like if you, you didn't look back, you'd be like, oh my God, I definitely didn't mean that. No, like, I'm I, so glad no one listened to thank me. Thank God you didn't cut me because I would have needed so many stitches. And so I knew all these things I said and I knew how I felt at a point. Because yeah. you you know, you're not going to feel 
there's points where you, like you said, Bridge, there's right. doubt, there's a, a low self-esteem, there's, con- it's all the devil. Yeah. And so I said that to her. I said, I probably said some things I shouldn't have. I don't know. And she said, stop. Exactly. You did everything on your own. We were just there. You did it all by yourself. And I mean, because I'm a Catholic, I, I knew I did it with God. Yeah, it was a team, a team thing, of course. And of course, Colin, but there's something to be said about that, that they can all be there to support you, but you really do have to do it on your own. Um, I just love that you're like also right now just (laughs) rocking Franny. So I'm going to take a behind the scenes boom. You can take it. So everyone just knows while we're having this episode. In Bridget's old closet. Bridget moved. In my old closet. We are now in a house, but we have to come back to our studio. (laughs) We actually still rent out this space to, um, for the, for our, um, recording session. This is amazing, by the way. Okay. Um, so this is just a little behind the scenes thing. Um, that's amazing. Um, okay. How does this relate to folks who have never had a baby? Well, (laughs) that's a good question. I feel like for me, how does it not? Yeah. Like, I, I feel very driven and motivated, and this is a bad trait of mine, by, like, I guess success or being able to, like, mm. say that I'm doing something. or Like, a lot of times, like, I have learned about myself that my identity is in what I do instead of, like, who I am. And that's, like, hard to admit about yourself. Wow, yeah. But I think um, with grace and being able to be back and with grace the actual word grace grace and that's why i was like god this baby his name is going to be grace because she is going to bring me some grace and damn right she and did. she brought me a whole lot of grace and um it was really cool because like i feel like with birth with childbirth and motherhood you can like rewrite stories that were run- once negative negative. and Ugh. so like with colby it was a very negative experience like First of all, doubt was put in my head the second I got to the hospital that I was not able to have this baby naturally or just like vaginally. And then, you know, you're already in all this pain and you're super vulnerable and out of it. And then you get wheeled into a a surgical room and then the baby's just like cut out of you and you can't even bond really because Mm -hmm. you're in so much pain for weeks and weeks. At least that's how it was for me. Maybe there's women out there who love C-section. I... That was me. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Yeah. <laughs> haven't heard that really either. But um, so with Grace, like I feel like I was able to conquer that fear, and now I don't really have a fear of childbirth anymore. Wow. Because of what happened with Grace, and so oh. I don't know if that's like how Francis was for you, like with being able to do it fully on your own. That you're like, yeah. I can do anything. Like it doesn't. Totally. Have, it doesn't have to do with childbirth. No, or, I or kids. It's like I could literally do anything. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I. I felt when I was talking about different seasons and stuff, it's like, if you really want it, you will do it. And yes, that definitely helped me see that. And to believe in yourself because Mm -hmm. it's life's too short. Why are we, I had an acting teacher once tell me nobody believes in you. So you better have some damn good confidence in yourself. That's true. Because nobody else cares. That's true. And I love what you said, Bridge, about rewriting your story. Mm -hmm. This can pertain to just about everybody. How about, like, I know I have friends 
that have had terrible relationships, mm-hmm. awful, or made bad choices in relationships that mm-hmm. they regret mm-hmm. and that they don't want to live out again. So in their next relationship, they have an option, an opportunity totally. to be who they want to be, totally. rewrite that story completely and end up how they want, you know, and that goes with everything. You guys, it's life's too short to not be happy. If you're not happy in this moment, change it. Totally. God has given you the world. We are so fortunate. It's true. We can do anything we want to do. If you are not joyful in this moment, then change it. I don't get And I think it's like around. there's such a huge debate right now with like what is empowering? What does it mean to be like an empowered mm. woman? And like I will just say point blank, this is not some cheesy line that I'm saying. Like I felt my most empowered self when I got grace out that way and exactly. conquered that fear. So it wasn't like becoming like getting promoted or something like that. Like, and, and those things are great and fine, sure. but I think that like the, it was the act that yeah. you went through. Yeah. The, the work you put in totally the physical, like, because it's, it's one of the, the coolest things in the entire freaking world. It is Damn that right. we are just blessed Lucky to, to be able to experience. Not everyone can do it. And yeah, because you know things happen and totally but i think like going off of that too there's like a few foster moms and adoptive moms that i follow on social media Mm. and one of them i actually don't even know her handle i wish i did but she was talking about how like she didn't physically birth the children that she fosters but how close she feels to them because of certain struggles and pains that they go through daily with just like the package that it comes from being like an adoptive or a foster oh, mother. I love and that. And so I think like pain and suffering, there's like beauty that can come out of that when you're talking like very specifically about labor, but then also like other things in life that are just hard struggles. Yeah. Like there's always beauty and birth at the end of that struggle. That's so true. Wow. I love that. <laughs> birth. So, Cause yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Birth of any kind. It doesn't have to be birth of a baby. Totally. It can be rebirth of who you want to be. I love that. I feel like we should just end on that. I mean, what's more, what more can we say? So go out and just rebirth it. (laughs) Rebirth who you want to be, guys. Seriously, it's never the end. I don't care how old or how young you are. Franny, thank you so much for For everything you you shared. (laughs) You were so vulnerable. She was pretty vulnerable in the beginning with her babbles. Yes, you were. That was awesome. She is so. What are you watching and reading? The book we're doing for book club, which is JP2's. Dignity and vocation of vocation women. Of women. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I am pleasantly surprised and yeah? obsessed with it. Yay. It is so timeless. Have you gone through the whole thing yet? I only briefly... Well, listen, I, I came into a book club a while ago when they were just starting it, or halfway through it, and so I only got to read the end, but I remember being hooked because it's you really just said the good. word, it's timeless. It's so good. And I don't know how long ago he wrote it. I'm assuming at least 20 years. Yes. And the fact that we're still working on it in book clubs. I mean, it's so, I mean, it's very relevant to to the conversations that are being had right now about the role of women in society Mm -hmm. and and in the family. Mm -hmm. And I just find it to be really amazing. And it just makes me love JP2 even more. So the dignity and vocation of women. Good. I think everyone should read it. Check it out. And I think people should read it who like think that, um, you know, popes and cardinals and bishops like don't want women to sit at a table Mm. because here's this pope who was you know um really ahead of his time and he wrote an entire like this entire piece basically 
to say women have something extremely unique and valuable to offer and they have like basically a worldview that men just actually cannot possess Mm. because of what we just talked about in this entire podcast amen because of the ability to bear children and to mother and to love we have um we have a vulnerability and an empathy that like men just like actually physically cannot and that's amazing and the fact that he could see that yeah as a man as a man so cool so beautiful hopes are awesome um, they really are. Um, the book I'm reading is by Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer Fulwhite. She is a mom of four kids and she never wanted it. And she's at the grocery store with another mother judging her. Surprise, surprise, the judgment. Which always happens. Which always happens. And that's where I'm at. And she just, just makes you laugh because it's so true. You can relate. And I want to read that so bad. And it's about having to pause your career, which both of us have to do right now. Wow. And, um, focus on what God puts in front of you and then look at her. She's touring. Yeah. And the naughty comedian. corner. I've been following her on social the media. The naughty yes. corner. This, the comedy tour is called The Naughty Corner. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> she is your person. All right, so what is her book called again? It's called One Beautiful Dream. One Beautiful Dream. Yeah, and it's about her dream being rocked. Wow. So. I need to read that. Oh, yeah, I'm getting it to you the second Damn. I finish. It, I read it. I'm like, Bridget, should we start another book club? <laughs> <laughs> Next book club for you? Oh, wait. That's a good idea. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we cannot wait to... See you next time. We have a lot of cool things coming up. We got some cool peeps lined up. Yeah, we do. But we had to have Francis on first. Yeah, sorry, Francis. Francis, any last words? She, she is snoozing in Kenzie's arms. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. And this is Unraveling the Call. We hope you like it. Follow us at Unraveled Podcast on iTunes and Instagram. Yeah, we're not on Facebook. Yeah, who's on, <laughs> who's on Facebook? Love ya. Bye. God bless.